Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. But how many of you know that Messiah Jesus is a Jew? I know that. Uh, a lot of people don't. I've had a lot of people who say they're Christians say they hate the Jews. I'm like, oh, you hate Jesus. No, I love Jesus. Well, Jesus is a Jew. No, he's not. <laughs> so um, he is. And so everybody say hog sameach. Hog sameach, not hog sandwich. Who said that? Hog sameach. That means happy holiday in Hebrew, I believe. I didn't do the, the full accented version of it. That was my redneck version. So again, uh, we're going to be in the holiday of the Feast of Tabernacles, but what is it? What is the Feast of Tabernacles? We need to understand what it is. Most Christians don't know. For the longest time, I didn't know. I'd probably heard about it in the Bible. Uh, I had gone through all of my Christian life up until maybe, I guess, nine, ten years ago, not knowing what it was because the Americanized church, Gentile section, ain't talking about it. And we should be. And so we do this every year. And here I am again. This is probably my fifth or sixth time to go through it. And I'm glad to do it. So I want to ask you a question, though, just to kind of put you in the mode. Have you ever lost something and then you forgot all about it? And when I was a kid, I had this little race car. It was like one of them little Indianapolis little race cars. And it had an action figure in it. And his hands were like this on the wheel. And you could take him out, move him around. He had a helmet. And he was really cool. Well, I lost the action figure. I had the car. The car wasn't near as fun without the action figure because, you know, that little little hump on the end of our driveway, I'd shove the car and it would jump. Sometimes the guy would fly out and it was really cool. But I lost it and I didn't know where he went. Well, I'm talking years later. My parents had lived in the same house, you know, and years later I'm growing up and we were doing something. I don't remember what it was. And I found it. And I went... Yeah, I'm way too old to be playing with this thing, right? But I found it, and I was excited. I was like, there it is. Look at that. I found it again. I was so excited. Um, well, guys, the reason I'm putting you into this is that there was a time when the Jewish people lost the Feast of Tabernacles. They lost it, and they forgot all about it. And then there came a time where they found it again. But I I do want you to know that even though they had lost it for a period of time, they didn't know that they still had it with them the whole time. What do I mean? I'm going to show you John 1 verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, see how it's personified all of a sudden, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, And without him, nothing was made that was made, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now that word dwelt right there in verse 14 is the word tabernacle. 
He dwelt among us. He tabernacled among us. You could say the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Now, if you remember about reading in the Old Testament, uh, the, the old tabernacle back in Moses' time, and, and it was also carried on through David's area, they met at a place called the tabernacle. And the reason why it was called the tabernacle is because that's where God dwelled among men. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was at. And his presence dwelled right there in the tabernacle, in the dwelling. God dwelt with man. So the tabernacle being the dwelling, dwelling with man, um, it was at the most centermost part of the tabernacle. It was like pre-temple. Outside, then the inner, then the most holy inside center. That's where the, the, the Lord dwelled. But by the time you get to the book of John, the Word became a flesh human being, which is Jesus Christ. Now look at Matthew 1 and 23. It says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, translate, which is translated God with us. So you see God dwelling with man still in all this time. That's another tabernacling there. So you can see that Jesus' very name means to tabernacle, to dwell with us, right? Am I doing pretty good for a Gentile? I guess so. <laughs> Just trying to keep it alive. Um, this shows us how important the word tabernacle is. I want to stress the word tabernacle because the Lord God wants to dwell with us. I don't think I could survive. I couldn't if the Lord did not want to tabernacle with me, but he does. Thank God for that. He does want to dwell with us. It is his desire to be close to us. Now, I don't know about you, but just knowing that God wants to dwell with me, that gives me all the reason to want to celebrate. Okay, now this is called the Feast of Tabernacle. That means feasting is celebrating. Friends, what we're going to celebrate this week is the fact that God wants to be with you. If that doesn't make you excited, I don't know what will, okay? And so God gave us a day to celebrate and remember Him, the fact that He wants to dwell with us so that we won't forget about it. That's why I insist on doing this every year. Ray, I've heard this before. We'll hear it again. It's time to be reminded. Ray, it's my first time. Good for you. So glad it's going to be your first time if it is. So he gave us a day so that we won't forget. It's the holiday, holy day, called the Feast of Tabernacles, which is also known as the Feast of Booths, or the Hebrew word Sukkot. You may hear me say that, Sukkot. Um, a booth is the same thing as a tent. It's a very temporary dwelling. And just like the, the original tabernacle, it was a tent structure. And so sukkah, the word sukkah from sukkot, sukkah is the Hebrew word for tent. Now the word sukkot is plural for tents or booths. So if you have one tent, it's uh, sukkot, many sukkah, I th- or did I get that backwards? Sukkot is plural, okay? whatever, moving on. Ray, you're just, okay, I am. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. All right. So the Feast of Tabernacles is also known as Sukkot. You might hear me say, hey, it's Sukkot this week. And a lot of people go, what? Especially my super mega Gentile friends that don't know any of this stuff. Hey, do you know it's Sukkot? It's what? (laughs) Well, I hope they get to hear this message and then they'll know Sukkot this week 
And you can call it Sukkot if you want to, Feast of Tabernacles. Either way, it works. But it's a holiday that the Lord told the Israelites to celebrate. Now, that's interesting to me that if it's in the Bible and the Bible tells us and the Lord tells us in the Bible to do it, well, then we should do it. And so I kind of started when I picked up on this at first, I started wondering, why aren't Christians doing it? Why did we stop? When did we let it go? Okay, we're going to look at these uh, angles. It's a holiday that the Lord told the Israelites to celebrate for all the provision and for all the protection that God had given them during their 40 years in the wilderness. Now, during those 40 years, they did not build permanent houses. Nobody built a big mansion that stayed put on a heavy foundation. Everything was temporary because they were nomadic. They were moving around. They had just been delivered from the bondage of slavery, but they were not yet home in the promised land. Now, that's something I want you to catch while we study this they were delivered from bondage but they weren't where they were going they were kind of in between and and kind of a little parallel i want you to catch in this is that i have been delivered from my bondage but i'm not in eternal life yet i'm in that kind of between area right now okay they were in the middle of nowhere the israelites they were away from civilization they were away from the egyptian infrastructure that they had become so accustomed to It's hard to leave anything once you get used to it, right? They were away from all that. There was no international trade from the Nile River. It was just the Israelites out there with their God. That's it. And that's right where God wanted them. It's like, I don't want you depending on all this stuff. I want you to depend on me. And they didn't like it. And anytime we get pulled into change, well, I don't like it, God. And God's like, well, you're going to spend some time with me now. Yeah, but I want all that other stuff. Well, I, he, God says, I don't want you to have all that stuff. It's, it's my time with you now. <laughs> so they're kind of between. They didn't set up permanent dwellings. They had to do everything temporary. It was them and God. There's nothing and no one else. They had to rely solely upon the Lord God who continued to dwell with them in the sukkah of the tabernacle. Okay? So the Lord, he didn't want them to forget how he had provided for them after they left Egypt. And so he told them, now in Deuteronomy 16 and 13, he said this, you shall observe the feast of tabernacles seven days when you have gathered from your threshing floor and from your wine press, and you shall rejoice in your feast. You and your son and your daughter, your male servant and your female servant and the Levite, the stranger, hello Gentiles, the stranger and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates. This is everybody's invited party here, okay? Verse 15, seven days you shall keep a sacred feast to the Lord your God in the place which the Lord chooses because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hands so that you surely rejoice three times a year all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses at the feast of unleavened bread at the feast of weeks and at the feast of tabernacles and they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. Okay, now this, all this stuff took place after a harvest time, which is the time we're in right now. This is the season for this right now. All the leaves are falling, and it's, just, it's that season, right? 
So the Israelites were to live for a week or so in tabernacles uh, or booths, what we would call a tent. If you put up a tent, very temporary, it can blow over quite easily. (laughs) They're supposed to live in that. And they would make these tabernacles out of leaves and branches. It's go find what you can find and make a dwelling out of that. It's not supposed to last. It's very temporary. And verse 14 is very important. He says, you shall rejoice in this feast. Okay, now I'm trying to get my head into that. We're supposed to be happy. (laughs) You know know people that are like that? I've got to be happy. (laughs) Man, we're not in Egypt anymore, and I've got to do this feast now, and I'm supposed to be happy about it. Yeah, you are. You're supposed to be happy about it. Well, I don't like where I'm at. I don't like where God moved me from. I like the way it used to be. How can I be happy when it's like this? I'm just trying to modernize for a minute. He says, you shall rejoice. You shall rejoice in this feast. It's really something that God had to tell us to do this. Because he knows us. I mean, he knows how we are. You need to rejoice in this feast. The Israelites, they did not like where they were. Stuck out there in the wilderness. And you know, even though Egypt was their bondage, you know, you'd think you should understand. That was your bondage. You want to be going out of that. But even though Israel, uh, Egypt was their bondage, they would rather, a bunch of times, they would rather have been dependent on Egypt than be dependent on their God. See, God's trying to get them, hey, you need to start coming this way. You need to get over here. You need to start thinking about me. Worship me. Not that stuff. Guys, this was God's will for them to be out in the wilderness because that meant they were no longer in their bondage. Now they were going to get used to learning Him, finding out who He is. They're going to get their identity back. They're going to rediscover something they lost, right? It's kind of like when we get saved by Jesus, then we are delivered from our bondage. We should not be dependent on our bondage ever again. You should not go back to trusting in all those old things that you used to rely on. You trust in the Lord God. And we need to learn to trust in the Lord and be glad in it. I used to be so much richer before I was saved. (laughs) Can you be happy, content where you are, regardless, right? And so while some of the people were thinking, hey, it was better to be slaves than to be way out here, then yeah, God had to tell them, you shall rejoice in this feast. This is something to be happy about, okay? We often get unhappy about where we're at. I've been there many times. I know how it is. You get upset about where you are. And when I review myself, I think what that often means is that we have forgotten about our tabernacle. We have forgotten about the Lord dwelling with us because he never left. If you gave your life to him, he never left. He never departed from you. I don't like where I'm at. Wait a minute, the Lord tabernacles with me. That's a perspective I need to learn to keep, right? And so dwelling in a sukkah, a temporary tent that would show the Israelites that this is not how it's going to stay. This is temporary. This little tent made of leaves and branches, it's not going to last for very long. It's very, very temporary. And they, they built these things to be extremely temporary for a reason, to get the understanding this ain't going to stay like this. I don't like it here, but I'm going to get to know my God. I'm going to tabernacle dwell with him, and this ain't going to be the way it's going to stay. 
So that's what that would show them. That these booths, these tabernacles, these sukkahs, they were very temporary. So be happy in the temporary dwelling. You have been set free. There's something better ahead. Remember, he said, I'm going to get you to the promised land. You're not there yet. I don't like where I'm at. I like where I used to be, but I can't rely on that. I got to get to know my God. And God goes, hey, be happy. This is very temporary. Oh, I get it. I'm starting to catch it now. This is what this Feast of Tabernacles is about. So rejoice in this feast. In fact, the people were to be appreciative. Not just rejoice, but also thankful, appreciative, as it says in verse 16. It says, you shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. I mean, you should show your appreciation for it. You bring something. They were to bring a gift offering to the Lord to show that not only were they happy and rejoicing about it, but that they were genuinely appreciative for the Lord's provision that he had given them after he liberated them out of their bondage. They were to bring this offering. It was uh, the first fruits. It was the representative of the provision that God had given them. Stuff from what they grew, stuff from their food that they had, whatever. They were to bring that. This is what I'm thankful for, Lord God. I thank you for this. Okay. Now, um, I can, uh, the, the, the Jews still today have this thing that they offer called a wave offering. And I don't know as much about it. I've seen them in Israel before. They have what's called the lulav and the etrog. It's this long leaf and it's, there's a fruit that was kind of a representative of the provision and they would wave it. And I've been to, I think we went to the wall in Jerusalem and they're out there waving these things at the wall. It's like, that's kind of their um, expression of that. During this time right now, probably in Israel today, yesterday, last few days, I think they were probably buying up all the lulav and etrogs they could find. Like the, kind of like we have our florists that like when a big flowery holiday comes up, everybody goes and buys everything. These guys are buying stuff all over the place and you can walk around Jerusalem and see them carrying their, their long leafy lulav and etrog that they're holding representing the fruit and the vegetation they're they're walking with these plastic wrapped like i just got it from the store and they're walking they're going to go do their thing they're going to go wave it and it's like a big deal over there and i'm just like look at all these guys carrying these things i was getting video of them walking around with it you know and uh it, it was just really cool so okay I, and and i get this a lot so let me go ahead and address it that's in the room that i know is there because <laughs> my gentile alarms are going off <laughs> now if you're thinking though but ray I'm a Gentile. This is a Jewish feast, so this doesn't really pertain to me. I already cued you in when he said the stranger, okay? That's, that's for us too. I want you to know that this feast is for us Gentiles also. Now, I had me personally, when I was first getting used to these things, because I, I know it's difficult for Gentiles. One time I took a friend to go see that traveling tabernacle, that, that life-size one, that it's like if you were actually there in the Old Testament days, like you walked up to it, I'm, I'm here. They built a life-size Old Testament tabernacle that goes around the country, and it was in this area, and I took a friend to see it. He looked at it, and it was so foreign weird to him, he didn't realize that the Lord God had been in it in Moses' day, that that's where the presence was, that's where the tabernacling, the dwelling was. He thought it was some weird religious goofy thing, and he flipped out and went crazy and disappeared, and he was gone. And I understand that the Gentiles go, whoa, what is this? My pastor never told me nothing about this. 
So I want you to understand that even I myself, I had a hard time engaging in these feasts when I was trying to get used to the, the Jewishness of the Christian faith. I thought this was my Christian Gentile faith. It's really a Jewish thing. And I had, okay, like for instance, going to Passover. When we first started going to Passover with the Schwartzes, I felt like I was kind of raiding their party. Like it's the Jews' party. They'll be nice. They'll let you be here because they're friendly. But it's not really me. It's not for me. I'm not, I'm not Jewish. What am I doing here? I don't understand this stuff. Well, the point was learn it. <laughs> so I was in these places like Passover or whatever, and I felt like I was intruding, like I was sticking my nose in their celebrations until I saw all the places where God gave me the Gentile permission to join. He says it. And I showed you that where he said, uh, uh, notice in verse 14, it says the list of all the people who shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles along with the Jews. It says the stranger. That's me. God says, you know what? I didn't just invite them. I invited you too. (laughs) And we better be glad it's like that because we got invited to salvation itself. It's not just for the Jewish people. And I was like, once I saw that, I'm like, okay, next Passover, I'm all over it. I'm going to be in it. And I I had no hesitations about it. And so I went and I was like partying. If anybody said, hey, are you you a Jew? No. Well, what are you doing here? God gave me permission. He said I could come. You know, that's kind of the way I took it. But it says the stranger, Gentiles, underline where it says the stranger. Because he's talking about you. He says, you get to come to this party too. It's, it's everybody that wants to. God gives us Gentiles, the foreign stranger. He gives us an invitation to come as well. I'm so thankful. It says, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, who are within your gates. Whoever's in the Jews' gates, that means all those that belong to the Jews, those who are in among the Jews, who are in your gates. I am in among the Jews. Friends, I have been grafted into the Jewish people through Jesus Christ. I am now a partaker of their blessings with them, so I am within their gates. Okay? I get to go. And so that's why the invitation for our party, you get to come too. So... So uh, the Feast of Tabernacles is also for you. I'm very glad. But I want to point out that this feast is also a command for us to do. It's not party if you feel like it. I don't feel like it. He says, no, you need to do it. There's a point to this. You're supposed to. Verse 13, he says, you shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles. So Gentiles, Jews, Do you think we should be doing this? If God come in the room and said, I want you to do that right now, I'll do it. Well, he said for us to do this, yeah, we should do it. It's funny when I talk to people about obeying the word of God, they don't want to do it. And I said, if the Lord walked in here right now and told you to pick up that piece of paper on the floor, would you do it? Well, yes, I would, because God told me to do it. I'm like, okay, well, he's telling us to do it. (laughs) And so I think we should do it. God wants us to have joy. And left up to ourselves, we'll sink ourselves. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.